This episode of the Sullivan and Son Behind the Bar podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at GoDaddy. And they're friends with Danica Patrick, which is cool because she's because she's really hot. So if you are thinking about starting a new website because maybe you want to do a Sullivan and Son fan site, or maybe you've got a small business idea, you want to sell something, show off your photography, uh, do your own podcast, GoDaddy is offering one new or one transfer of a .com for just $1.99 for the first year. Each new .com comes with a free instant page website and built-in photo album. So basically, it's uh, easy. It's not that hard. And look, who doesn't need a .com today? I have got CalebBacon.com. I recommend it. So to get your website started today, all you have to do is go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code SCHOOL at checkout. That's SCHOOL, S-C-H-O-O-L. Hey, Sullivan and Son fans. Don't forget that Season 2 of Sullivan and Son is back all summer long, only on TBS. Thursday nights, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central, only on TBS. And don't forget to check out the Sullivan and Son crew doing stand-up comedy coming to your town. Go to SullivanAndSonComedy.com. Upcoming dates include August 7th in Boston, August 8th in Philadelphia, August 9th in Pittsburgh, and August 12th in Detroit, Michigan. Once again, go to SullivanAndSonComedy.com for information on tickets and upcoming dates. Now enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Overview with Rick Overton on Sideshow Network. And it is my pleasure to be speaking with the cast of Sullivan and Son, uh, Amit Amit, old buddy, and Owen Benjamin, newer buddy. And we are uh, forming uh, uh, more people will be coming in as traffic permits. And Steve Byrne will be on his way. And I uh, want to congratulate you on a smashing second season of the show. Oh, thanks. And uh, uh, I am uh, a big fan of the ensemble, and it's a brilliant ensemble, your show. Multi-generational, multi-racial. You, you throw everything into it awesome. there nationality-wise. You take it all down. It's really great the way you do it, too. It's never really like a mean jab, but it exposes the humanity of all the sides. Yes. Nobody's safe. No, it's pretty similar to how people are in real bars, where yeah. people make fun of each other to form a common ground not to attack. Yeah, where, right. you know, Especially where, where we're from, it's like... Uh, you, you make fun of a guy to show that you're friends with him versus, you know, being mean. You know, like we, we take jabs at each other all the time and it's to show uh, camaraderie. It's like a roast. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves each other with the roast, there's right? There's mean jokes and then there's like fun bro jokes and we try and stay on the bro side. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's never... Uh... It's never a below-the-belt gouge, even though there's a lot of sexual humor in there. Yeah. But it's usually the human frailty, the braggadocio that then falls apart later in real life. Yeah. Rather than, oh, he did it, and he's really like doing this stuff. It's always the sort of the comic failure of the oh, attempt of after the bragging. A lot of the characters make fun of themselves, too. So that self-deprecating humor always plays into you know, the comedy fodder. Like your character, Owen's character is constantly making fun of himself. Yeah, he's an yeah. idiot. I've never, like, you know, my character's never had a job. He's never graduated a class. He's attached to his mom in his 30s. But well, you no... admit that in the, in the show. Yeah, there's, free, there's freedom and honesty. If you, you know, the jester can take a jab at the king. He's the only one who can do it. So if you're low, you can just punch up all day long. You, know, you, can't go, you can't go. Below yeah, the that. fool can. You know, it's yeah, the same, fool's pretty hip when same, you get yeah. down to it. Same yeah. in Shakespeare. You know, the yeah. the fools and children are the only ones that can really attack. So <laughs> That's right. I, I like being a fool. And if they're not funny, throw him to the lions. Well, totally. like, and, and, and in terms of the Smothers Brothers, wasn't Tommy the uh, uh, Tommy the was guy? the fool, but he was the yeah. brains. You know, yeah, yeah. He was the, the brains of the operation. Totally. There's always gonna hey, be a fool guy. Hi guys. Hey Rita. Hey Rita Piazza, hey, Rita. coming yeah. by. Like the accommodations. They're amazing. Awesome. Hollywood Improv. <laughs> it, it, puts the, it puts the comedy into accommodation. Roy Wood Jr. Roy Wood. Roy Wood. Roy Wood. Thank Wood you so Jr. much, Roy Wood, for coming on the show. Black thank you for having me. Too, uh, the black guy is late. Hello, sir. No, my email said 745. I'm actually early. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Con- so, so for an 8 o'clock show, we're just going to bang out a quick 15-minute <laughs> podcast right before this. <laughs> yeah, you know. Congrats uh, on a smashing second season. Oh, and, well, thank uh, you, sir. You know, TBS is uh, pushing some nice boundaries. And yeah. So I like that stuff. We were talking about the, the kind of license you're getting on this show to really go for it. It's sort of in the grand tradition of... Uh, 
of uh, All in the Family in some ways, which uh, was one of my favorite shows. Yeah, totally. I feel like our shows Cheers meets All in the Family meets yeah. Married with Children. Meets yeah. Lost. Meets I, would, <laughs> I would love to know the jokes that aren't approved. That's like the one thing. I, like, <laughs> I would love to sit and talk with the writers and find out the things that the network goes. No, like the stuff that we as actors never get to see. We never yeah. see that original draft. <laughs> we should do like an outtake special. <laughs> like a sweet sweet. Right. Just all the, it's just all the stuff that TBS didn't approve. You've seen the you've seen the actors bloopers. Wait till you see the writers <laughs> <room> <laughs> bloopers. You right, right. like the <laughs> 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 <be> horrible. <laughs> the sickest minds on earth. Yeah. It's just a series of man in wheelchair dot 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 <laughs> yeah. Jew 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 <laughs> it's funny because most of our writers are Jews but yeah do, yeah it's, it's the funniest thing is I remember on, uh, on Twitter some Jewish person was like these people hate Jews I'm like they're all Jews they're all Jews <laughs> look at the credits dumb yeah <laughs> Not, I mean, it's like maybe they're being said by a six foot seven blue eyed white man, but they're being written. Yeah. Maybe a six foot two uh, brown skinned Egyptian is saying the words, but the Jews are writing them. Right. Jew approved. We need. The, it should be like that symbol or something should come we up. With this the, yeah, some sort of. We Jew. We, yeah. we, we a Jew. This message. It's glot kosher comedy. Yeah. Yeah. There it's you go. Just, something appears at the beginning of the episode to let them know. Like, the fat has been trimmed. It's well, been circumcised. You know how like that Dolby Surround logo comes up at the bottom of some TV right. shows? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, Jew Dolby 5.1. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm not, my dad's mom was Jewish, but the Jews don't see that as uh, legit. Your it's dad's got, mom. Yeah, it's got to be on the mom's side or else it's... Uh, right, your mom. But if your dad's mom, that would kind of make you... That would, that would make you Jewish just... By default, I think, right? It's got to be mom's side. Mom, mom. Because I think back in the day, there was so much uh, rape. <laughs> that they, I'm not trying to be weird, but I was a history major. And I asked the question. <laughs> I asked the question. I was like, how come I'm not considered Jewish, even though my dad's mother, like my dad's considered Jewish because his mother is. Right. And the way it is, is because back in the day, there was, even with the Vikings and all these, you know, all these cultures back in the day, there's so much sexual assault that sure. like, the only way you could prove lineage is mom. Oh, mom, yeah. Because you never know who the dad was. It's some conquering yeah, warlord. Yeah, Genghis Khan. Asking you what you've got in your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, Genghis Khan has 30 million relatives. Like, there was a lot of... He was banging. Yeah, I mean, it was constantly banging. <laughs> and we're all distant relatives... And conquering nations. ...of one sort of Lucy-like being. So yeah, it's a lot of banging. You ever wonder how everybody just didn't die of gonorrhea or well, something did. back in the day? They did. They yeah. all died really young from a lot of rapes. For like STDs and stuff? Yeah, got Dude, one out of nine people died of murder like a thousand years ago. It was like a really different world. They had crusades back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they weren't even... They were, yeah, they were just those, unemployed oh, come on, man. Those were the good old days. Can you imagine? <laughs> the good old days were nothing didn't smell like poo. <laughs> yeah, Can you imagine like, like a bunch of warlords just trekking through West Hollywood? Rum, rum, over rum. Like, well, it would be so scary. Again. Oh, yeah. I think that's why uh, our culture is obsessed with zombies because our our DNA is still like something's coming, but nothing comes anymore. Look at this this Brad Pitt movie, World War Z. World War Z. Those zombies are fast. Have you seen the yeah. previews? Yeah, and I think those are the fastest zombies. Too. They're punk. They pile up on each other like CBGBs. Yeah. Roy's got a great joke about life expectancy back in the day. He does a joke about marriage was fine when you died at 27. <laughs> well, yeah, because you pledge your life to a woman, but... It's like three years. As soon as you get that cough, you know it's over. Now at 80, it's... <laughs> Thank it's, God. Yeah. That rat bites you. <laughs> Till cough yeah. do we part? Yeah, we got penicillin and NyQuil. You're going to be here a while. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I want the Jewish community to know that my mom was not raped by a Viking, so I am actually a quarter. <laughs> so you think? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Test, and that's not even covering the alien probing, right? Or back in the day, imagine milkman. How much ass those guys got? I doubt he, it. Well, he knocked twice. Yeah, milkman would just would just not. No, because a lot of dudes would be gone a lot. They'd be in the fields or oh. at war. Well, at World War Two, there was a lot of milkman chicanery and kids. But there were still groupies and women. We're still banging dudes for money back in the 40s. So you got to figure milkman, Corn. not the most secure. <laughs> they're they're money, so in the middle of a war where everybody's going, <laughs> shillings, in the middle of a war where all the other dudes are going off and being badass, you stay stateside and don't make tanks. You're not making. They need to get banged. They didn't have dildos back then. So you just so that's your contribution to the Bro, war. Bro, women need to go send off that down. rubber to the war effort. Why, those bombers <laughs> need tires, son. So you can't <laughs> miss. You're going to have to make it out of glass like the, they'll do it. 
the future. The vibrators are all detonators. <laughs> no, but like women either go up or down. They either go for rock stars or they slum it. You know, like when I was a bus boy, I used to get slum ass. Where well, chicks would want to bang someone so below the belt, like just someone so pity. disgusting. It, <laughs> you have to pity? be more. Yeah. Like you're leaving charity, out a giant charity, detail. Charity fuck? You're that? leaving out a huge detail that you're an artist, and artists are the only ones who make broke look cool. Right. Yeah, not, you don't see the broke CPA getting yeah, any, go down any a, ass go down from a king, go college down a, girl trying to hurt her father, go, fucking the broke CPA. Go down to King's, King's Road Cafe on Beverly. <laughs> Obviously, you've never met a black man. <laughs> because we keep bro- women very can, re- swap. They can, reve- they can rebel. But I, I don't know, man. I just think milkman was just probably a punk ass job back in the day. And just if somebody's banging the milkman, you're just out of options. Like, well, yeah, yeah because everybody's at war. They, they don't meet any guys, there's no bar. There's just a guy knocking on your door with a quart of cold milk no, and a had, hard cock. Hold on, but they had, they had a speakeasy, kid. And that's where a wave, <laughs> a spate of novels would come out from then with the older the detective and guy with the younger woman. And it was all based on the young'uns were all out of war. And so it was always the guy with the gray in the temple. And then, so the original James Bond novels had the guy with the starting out, the agents in his 40s when the right. novels start. Right. You well, know? Now, now it's Fifty Shades of Gray. Yeah, you yeah. got to have a, some You got to have some sort of, yeah, some sort of demented new world. Yeah, first it was Twilight because women felt too objectified. And then they felt not objectified enough. So they want to get tied up and banged by a billionaire. I mean, they're all over the map. Oh, yeah. Twilight was all about not having sex for three books, and Fifty Shades of Grey is about getting pounded everywhere. <laughs> like, there's literally, can you just find a me- like a middle ground? No. Yeah, but what shade of grey are you up to today? <laughs> I only have three shades of grey, but it's pretty solid. <laughs> one of them's pretty legit. <laughs> Two are depressed. I call this one overcast. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you, uh, it, you, this is maybe the largest cast of comedians on a running TV show right now. We were talking Active about comics, that. and I'm intense. so we were... happy to see it, fellas. Bringing it back, You're breaking yo. ground for the rest of us schmoes we, again. We're, we're waving our little flags out there, you know? We were talking about that when it happened, because we didn't... It wasn't something that I think Steve was trying to do. It just kind of happened. But look how great it works. Yeah. Proof, proof that it works. Yeah. I yeah, mean, proof's in the pudding. I mean, people, uh, you know, have criticized us for being a little mainstream and a little, like, old school. But, I mean, we get, you know, over 2 million people watch us on cable. So, we're doing something and right. I, and I also think our sitcom is a sort of throwback to the, like, Norman Lear. The good Norman Lear yeah. stuff. I'm yeah. loving the show, man. Good I was time, raised on the good family, stuff. Me too. We like yeah. Welcome Back Cotter, all that stuff. We don't have to reinvent everything and be crazy and mean. Like, I think comedy's getting a little mean. Totally yeah. is. Like, our show is, like, not mean. That's the irony of the show. Like, people would think it's offensive. We're actually a very family-oriented, nice... And it's also, like, if it comes across mean, or where the funny comes from, is from the innocence of the character. So, right. Brian Doyle Murray, who plays the sort of town racist on the show, mm. like, his character is so innocent to racism because he grew up, you know, in that... Uh, generation, so he's just used to throwing out words and not having any filter. Yeah, but he's yeah. not written to look correct, right? right. But, but he's also mm-hmm. not trying. But he's also doing it from a place of it, it's like you know ignorance is bliss. He doesn't know any better. Yeah, it's like the right. grandpa that still says like Negro at dinner, and you like just don't want to say anything because it's yeah. like trying to teach him the cell phone. It's just you just can't. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of just let him just kind of turn the cheek. And then you have like Christine Ebersol who plays like she calls herself the girl around town. <laughs> who, who's Owen's mom? Who's like you know the barfly? The barfly, yeah. and, and like every you know, most bars have somebody like that. She dress, yeah. she dresses up every night. She's looks a vamp. Forward, she looks forward to that night. She's right. The, she's the queen of the. Of the and she's down for the D too. And of course, Steve's mom the is the is the ultimate <laughs> uh, is the ultimate Korean tiger mom. So right. it's like and every Asian. Uh, child has a mom like that. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, they're, they're very, yeah. that's how they are. And people, I remember one time someone was like, why do you have your mom so stereotypical with that Asian accent? Her name's Okcha. Steve goes, it's true. my mom's name's Okcha and that's her accent. <laughs> <laughs> Just check with Margaret. Yeah. Right. Cross reference to Margaret. Ask her about her mom. Yeah, and right. our so Asian is, mom played Margaret's played mom. Played Margaret's mom in that show, yeah, Jody Long. Yeah, it's, uh, we have the same mom right. as Margaret Show. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we want to get Margaret on the show. I think she might she be doing something on it. Yeah. Do you think that there is? Do you think the influx of improv and Second City actors taking lead on a lot of comedies? Do you think that's probably? why a lot of stand-ups started finding themselves out of work. Because, you know, there was a time in the 90s where pretty much every hit comedy was led by a stand-up. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even think that, that exists now. If you look at 
if you look at most of the top comedies right now, None. you're lucky if there's a stand-up in the cast, but they're not, definitely not, not the lead. Not right. like it used to be, not like the wave. I After knew. Drew made uh, Raymond, Raymond, Drew, everyone started they springing Tim another guy. I mean, Tim Allen's back, back now. But Tim Allen, yeah. Cosby. Yeah, yes. I know, NBC went with Seinfeld, and it turned out good, and ever since, I mean, what are, what's, what are they doing? I mean, but it, 30 Rock, Arts and Rec community, they all employ comics, but... And you if you sketch people now. Yeah, I give you Joel McHale with Community, but... Joel's hey, hilarious. Hey, very hilarious, but he's a rare breed. Yeah. He's a very yeah, rare breed. The numbers have gone down because a new thing is replacing them, and I've noticed that sketch is replacing stand-up in popularity and crowd size at times now. It's the next... Thing that's in terms a of new type thing of comedy, to go out and there's not as much of it. I don't know, man. They'll never fill a stadium with a sketch group. Never. You'll no, never I know that. that. Yeah. Up, up, but up most acts, if you take a ratio, sell out theater. Right. Yeah, but for that matter, most acts won't either. Well, no, no, most, most acts, acts won't fill a stadium. Most but I'm talking about the regular working guys, the right. working yeah. people of the sketch world. Right. Have been coming in and they're they're casting out of that pool more with UCBs gaining. Sure. Of, well, another. Of, uh, and by the way, fair enough to them. Yeah. But I oh. I think it's if you no, can, well, listen, you I'm can, still defending oh, that. Yeah, you oh, guys, you are defending. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm not saying it's right. That I mean, the problem is it's all out of LA and New York. That's the biggest problem. I mean, in LA and New York, you know, the next evolution was. Uh, sketch because it's just here. But if you go to any other part of the country, no, there's no touring sketch group that rolls through St. Louis. Yeah, but at the end of the day, when the camera, when the director yells action, the comics got to now be able to act as good as the sketch guy, or else you won't get the part. When you go audition, it's not just stand-ups anymore. You're going up again because I think also part of the problem is when things started going single cam. When you start going single cam. The, the sketch has an advantage at that point. Yeah, well, because they're, they're better actors. Multicam is bigger. It's knowing the nuance you need for the camera size right, to be right. this big and this close on you. Yeah. Well, right. let's let's go back. Let's go back to the stand-up really quick. Just, just to interject, right. because we were talking about like Tim Allen, Roseanne, yeah, yeah. Seinfeld, Cosby, all these people who Raymond, they already had built even Leno uh, and Letterman. They had sort of built-in following, so it was yeah. easier for. A network to say, okay, they have a, a built-in following. Let's try to build a show around them and their yeah. fans from around because they were touring for 10, 15 years around America. So all those small towns around America, when they tuned in, they were like, Oh yeah, oh, the guy. That's the oh, guy that's who that we guy. saw at the Funny yeah. Bone five years ago. Now he's on TV. Right, 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 right. You right. can't really do that with Sketch. Right, you got to resell all the people. Well, and I mean, I think Sketch has an advantage with single cam because of their acting, but I think stand-ups do with multi-cam because we can ride the audience wave. You totally. And, and, and let's not, we're crowd. going for the kill. Strong, we're just going you for play the strong, strong in the crowd. Yeah. And, and I remember. And let's not, let's not <clears throat> defy the fact that a lot of you know, really good stand-ups are really good actors. Totally. Look at Richard Pryor. Look at Robin Williams. And look good at, sketch players. Yeah. You watch a stand-up get ball. onto SNL and just shred all the sketches instantly. You know, right. like that's that. Then for the good ones, it's the easy part. Right. Yeah. I mean, even like the Game of Thrones guys go on SNL and shred the sketches. I mean, I think sketch sometimes can hide behind being quirky. Right. Where it's like, oh, we don't need to get a laugh because we're weird and, and forward-thinking. And it's right. like, no. I mean, <laughs> we're alt. Just make get laughs. Yeah, your job is to get it's, laughs. It's called it's called comedy. I wanted I want to do a sketch about an alt mechanic that doesn't need to fix tires or anything. <laughs> it's like no, I'm like doing a different thing with the engine. It's like no, my engine's broken. <laughs> it's like your job is you're a mechanic. I'm, I'm an alt mechanic. Yeah, but that's al how alternate. Comics oh yeah, right. He comes out with a sketch pad and leaves it on a stool. And goes, Lum, what do you think I should fix? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Because I mean, there's killer alt comics. I mean, the Sarah Silverman's of the world that just are great mainstream and alt. But there's a lot of alts that like don't care if they bomb. Alternative is what we're referring yeah. to. Well, it's the now, same with alternative medicine. <laughs> like, but we're drifting out of acting now. We're drifting into performance now at this point, right? We're drifting all over the place. That's the beauty of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a four-man therapy session. We don't know where it's going, uh, but we're happy to be here. Yes. Rick, Rick, the American quick. ear is the, uh, the, the doll we hug. You, you, I know it's about you wanting us on your show as your guest and whatever, but you yourself are an acclaimed actor and comic, right? The last movie you were in was, the, was it The Dinner for Schmucks? That's the last, well, yeah, um, after that, wait a minute, I think, uh, uh, no, um, Bad Teacher came out after that. So oh, that's Rick, cool. Rick, Rick's always one of those guys you see pop mm -hmm. up like yeah. everything. I'm whack-a-mole. 
Yeah, you're that's like awesome. you're like in everything. Mm-hmm. I'll just keep doing that little just chuggy thing I do, down, you know, character stuff, and that's my little corner of the of the biz. Love it. Happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. Works, yeah, I love that. You know, and sometimes you hear about some old cat breaking out and doing another thing late in the game, and yeah. maybe that, or maybe I just retire and be happy. I know you're in movies. I mean, you're a top yeah, you're one like percenter. A big, yeah, you're like a big movie. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all want that? We all want to be care leads or character guys in film isn't it fun right now I'm exactly where I want to be the rest of my life I don't know what (laughs) I'm not kidding I don't want to be a huge star I don't want to go into a place and know that everyone's going to freak out I love being 6th man or 7th man on a sitcom that is ideal for me hey it didn't headline clubs you never know five five years from now you might want your own show who knows I mean yeah I would love to have my own projects and love to do more things but ultimately at the end of the day like when I look up and I'm 45 or 50 I just want to be able to work the road. Chris Rock had a great quote years ago. He said his only goal when he started was to not have to do morning radio on Friday mornings. Right. <laughs> to go into, that's a great literally, goal. That's, that was his only goal. Oh, uh, sleep in. <laughs> was to be yeah. sold out before he got on the plane to go to the city. Those my, was it. my goal is to own a yeah. car. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. That Camry still making payments. Still, yeah. No, I own it now. <laughs> 05, 05 Camry. Retire then. Yeah, second Retire. season. Still I'm like Camry. I'm like Owen. I literally wrote in my journal a year and a half ago that I just want to be an, on a uh, sitcom as an ensemble character. That's it. Yeah, and it's it, the best. And, and it came to fruition. It's Steve Byrne, mm-hmm. to his credit, who is running late, but uh, he 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 would we would text each other from the road. He'd say. Yeah. Where you at? And I'd say I'm in Baltimore. Where you at? I'm in whatever Kansas. This sucks. My flight's delayed. I'm stuck. Yeah. I like we would complain about being on the road. Is you know it could suck. And he sent me this text one day and he said, "Don't worry, I'm gonna write a show for us, so we don't have to do this shit anymore." But we're still fucking doing it. Yeah. And we were just in Cincinnati. We had someone rolled and rolled their eyes because we ordered a coffee. <laughs> So, I mean, it doesn't end. <laughs> and that's the beauty of life. I mean, if there's no struggle, what is there? There's no so, struggle. So, yeah, you can't be successful right. all the time. Yeah. It has made life slightly easier once you're, you know, the crowds <laughs> come in and there's the heat from the show. Don't you but think it's sort of an alternator belt to the engine of your uh, your live shows? But that's 70 grand a year LA, 40 grand a year the rest I of the country, and you don't have to worry about money anymore. After also, that, it's all just like whatever. Yeah, but we're also, Sullivan Sun hasn't gotten on this sort of mainstream radar yet. I think yeah. if we go another season. And once you syndicate, it's the golden, the golden right now uh, stream yeah. goes. We're still yeah. building. I think there's, I mean, for me, there's somewhat more pressure as a stand-up as a result of the show. There's, there's, and it's not complete, it's not 100% yet, but there's a weird pressure to deliver to the crowd. And with the comedy clubs, the, every club thinks that because you're, the, the comedy club owners are so fucking... I don't even know if I can curse on this thing, man. I'm yeah, sorry. Don't worry about but it. But they're so fucking stuck in the eighties and nineties yeah. process of you're on TV, so people should be coming. They don't understand how splintered a person's viewing viewership is from TV to mobile to computer to internet. So there's no viral. way to yeah. The viral presence is massive. So you're on a sitcom and then you come into a town. They want to see numbers. They want to see asses in seats. As and I, like last year after season one, I was dealing with that, and I'm like, dude, this was the first season. fucking season. Yeah. See, I read it. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, like, yeah. you charged me for fucking nachos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't let them attack me. Like that. I'm like, dude, you're lucky. I, I'm not a hypnotist, you piece of shit. So in that regard, <laughs> definitely <laughs> making sure that this turns into something that supports the stand-up because ultimately. You know, when you when I look at the greats that were doing it, they all died doing it. Everybody I ever looked up to. Richard Pryor was on stage up until I think two or three months before he mm-hmm. died. Yeah, as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Bob Hope, Carlin, all of these guys Burns. still had shows on the books George when they Burns, fucking kicked the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. It's not work. That's how, that work. That's how your dad was. Yeah, my dad till a month till the before day he died. died. Yeah. What do you do? My dad was a uh, radio. He was in radio journalism. By the way, news, he's got the music, greatest story All ever. of that stuff, man. You got to tell the story. And my dad, my dad had prostate cancer, and he went until three weeks before he died. Like, literally just kept Skip going. Skip chemo because he didn't want to be nauseous. Yeah. Because he wanted to keep working. The chemo will keep me from working. So nice. just give me something for the pain, and I'm going into work. My dad the same. You got to tell. Did, well, you know what? When you, you do what you story. love, it's not called work. 
That's exactly. fine. We have fun. They just do, yeah. Not waiting for the job is work. Yeah, fish don't, fish don't retire from swimming upstream to bang. <laughs> yeah, right. So <laughs> just keep doing it. Boy, you got to tell, tell that dude. story. As a, it's yeah, it's, it's quick, but... I want to hear it. My dad, my dad used to work at a radio station in uh, Chicago and back in the 70s. And so <laughs> That's the greatest story. Greatest story. He hires this dude named Don Cornelius. Ah! Uh, Soul a reporter. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, Don Cornelius was just a broke-ass radio reporter. He had an idea, because Dick Clark had American Bandstand, he goes, we should do something black like that. So he gets with a couple guys, they all pool a little bit of money together, they're still short. He goes to my dad, asks $4,000 loan to put the money together to shoot what would ultimately be the pilot yeah. for Soul Train. Yeah. So my dad gives him the money, huh? he shoots it, can't sell it. Can't sell it, you can't put it on the air back in those days. Meanwhile, my dad needs his money it's a thousand dollars in 1971 or whenever the hell it was and my dad jams don cornelius up in the hallway and he goes yo don i jams need him. yeah you know you grab him, you <laughs> yeah, jam him up, hey <laughs> listen where's my money and don cornelius is trying to be smooth about it and he goes listen roy just just give me a little longer the train of soul is going to be a moving grooving experience <laughs> train of soul. Wow. it's going to be wonderful and <laughs> And just, I need a little bit longer with the, with the money. The investors are coming on board. We're going door to door. We really, my dad goes, no, I want my money. Don Cornelius goes, listen, how about this? How about you forget about the money and I just offer you a partnership in the entire thing? That way, we can all have creative control over this project and see it go somewhere. My dad grabbed Don Cornelius by the neck and he goes, motherfucker, don't nobody want to watch niggas dance for an hour? <laughs> You best have my cash. Signed <laughs> off. <laughs> Lost 100 mil, easy. Don Cornelius comes back with my pop's money and a waiver. And my pop signed the waiver. And no more soul train. That'd be funny if they That's came to him with, uh, with the grind. He's like, don't nobody want to watch Crackers dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just sketch after sketch of my dad shitting on every I'm good a idea. Dancer. <laughs> oh, every idea. Man. Now, as a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch Soul Train growing up in the house on Saturdays. Oh, How wow. Up is He's that? like Steve Jobs. I, I guess. People, people only need 13 songs in their pocket. <laughs> iPod. Be like, ten, ten remember, the, song? remember defending your life? What's wrong with this horse? Do you remember the Albert Brooks movie Defending Your Life? Yeah. yeah. When he didn't move on Casio watches? Yeah. yeah that's hilarious. You know what? I used to fight the iPod. I was one of those people for the fucking I still longest... Do. I had a Sony mini disc recorder. I did take oh, a I, have, I, just I, I had one of those. Five hours of music. That was that was plenty. Yeah. I was like, that's that's enough. That's all you needed back then. And then somebody got me an iPod as a um, one of those secret Santa. The gift. wheel. The wheel did it for me. I love the wheel. The little turn thing. Yeah. That's how I know I'm going to end up with a damn. Because the, the, the iPod. early iPod was like what, nine songs or what was it? 20 songs? No, you had like 50 or 100. 50 or, or 100. But it was just really Which sweet. was still unheard of. That was just unheard of. Yeah. It just and it was like this big. And it, it didn't like this skip. Big. The craziest thing is it didn't skip. <laughs> yeah, right. like CDs always skip. It was as big as... Right, right, right. You used to hold CDs, like yeah. a CD player. And, just and you were considered the shit. <laughs> yeah. You, you were, were the shock absorber yeah. for it. You were considered like rich if you had a Sony Discman with the anti shot with the cushion. Dude, the funniest thing about Hugh Hafner's bedroom when I shot House Bunny, I got to see his bedroom. He has the best technology from 1965, and it's hilarious. Like, it looks like one of those bad guys from uh, like uh, a James Bond movie. What's up, bud? Good to see you, man. What's up, man? Good to see you. So, uh, My story uh, trailed yep. off. Yeah, the, 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 I, I always love James Bond technology. Like, remember nope. there was one movie uh, with Roger Moore where he pulls out, allow me to put this micro tape cassette in with all yeah. the data on it, you yeah. know? And it's like everyone had to get one after they saw it. Remember the laser Bond discs? Film. Yeah. Laser discs before the DVD, well, they, were, they were like back to the. Back oh, to the Future yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember all the all the garbage is nothing but thrown out discs and that yeah. went back to the yeah. future? Yeah. yeah. You know what? The problem with technology now is that. It's starting to fuck some of the movies that I watch. Like, I saw the new Star Treks. Yeah. And you can't tell me. And Star Trek is set, if I'm not mistaken, the year's like 2200, somewhere. The there. new ones are the earlier days with Baby Face Yeah, Kirk like and, Stardate 22. Yeah. So it's like 200 years from now, which is not a long time, technologically speaking. Why are they still using handheld communicators? 
Right. Why? So right is. now, I have a Bluetooth headset where they I can communicate. Oh, in the old Star yeah, Trek yeah, yeah. TV show, they had the the little ear monitors. Yeah, it? which was plausible because the Bluetooth didn't exist, so this concept of being in your ear was like foreign. Well, they say Star Trek invented the cell phone. Like that's what put the idea in people's heads. But oh. I don't know. There's some way to like. I don't Have know. You see those documentaries about the science fiction inventors. Like, it always comes first with science fiction. Jules Verne. Yeah. And then Submarines. people actually yeah. start doing it. Yeah, right. Helicopters. The dreamers. Da Vinci. Yeah. But, uh, I, uh, I, I believe, like, the, the human is starting <laughs> to lose capabilities to direct themselves in traffic, remember where things are, remember phone numbers. We have Siri. Now the gadget, I'm looking at my iPhone like it's an external hard drive for yeah. my brain crashes. Yeah. I can always go to this where I remember my childhood I on these quit. photos. No, we're just, we're spoiled. Like, I literally got mad at Siri the other day. I was like, Siri, uh, direct me to this address. And then she like, Set a different address, and I said, "It's two five zero zero. You're like, stop cutting me off. <laughs> that is such an inside joke. You have no idea. You don't know what I'm going through. It's like, yeah. it's like I'm talking to a real person. I don't even use. I never use. <laughs> I had to force myself to quit using the GPS in LA just so I could learn the city. Because, like, literally, like, I looked up after two, three years of living here, the first two, three years I was here, I always used GPS and never knew where anything was because of it. I well, never got beauty, fuck all that. Yeah, but here's the beauty of L.A. It's a grid. So you have five miles of streets that go this way, five miles of streets that go that way, and it's, like, Vermont to La Cienega. Yeah, boom. For, uh, Wilshire, or, you know, if you want to go then south to Venice to, like, Franklin. Then you hit You're Prospect, and it turns to fucking haywire. Sure. Then you get to Silver Lake, and it's lost. Yeah, yeah. then it gets jumbled. But if you're in that grid... It's, it's literally, Seuss. yeah. It's like it's like Tron. It's like you have you have shoots are <laughs> parallel. Can <Tron. laughs> I go back in the day? I looked at my grandfather's science book, and they used to have to draw the heart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I mean, he would be like these goddamn printers. You don't have to draw hearts anymore. Yeah. Like, think about that. I mean, every generation there's something. It's a new thing. Yeah. The 3D printer is now manufacturing the heart. Yeah, which is awesome. Grid. I told myself I would never get a pager. And then I got a pager. And I said, I'll never get a cell phone. Then I got a cell phone. That was like me with Twitter and all that, too. And I said, I'll I never like, get a Blackberry. I got a Blackberry. I said, I'll never get an iPhone. I got an iPhone. Same thing with Twitter. I'll never get a Twitter. Twitter's stupid. I'm still fighting the iPhone urge. Yeah. You'll, you'll, Because you're at a disadvantage if you don't. That's the problem. Everyone's like, why, why I couldn't get a hold of you? Yeah, there's never a moment in your day where now you don't have that. Like, remember back when someone you get home and there were like five messages on your machine? Ooh, goody. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. And yeah, like, but the worst part ever, <laughs> like, be with a girl and someone calls and leaves a message that everyone can hear. Oh, uh, uh, right, because yeah. it plays loud. <laughs> yeah, the that was a nightmare. <laughs> there was no volume was control. Like, no Mr. Speeding. Benjamin, we have your test results. <laughs> <laughs> Solomon and Son, TBS, yeah, Thursday yeah. night. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We got to keep plugging 10 p.m. Sullivan and Son, and I have an hour special, June 28th, Comedy Central. <laughs> now, know. tell me about the specials you, all you guys got coming up. What's going on? What's the latest well, with stand-up on uh, on the road? Any of it. I mean, tell me the Owen's latest. doing an hour special for TV. I'm doing a, my first stand-up CD. So I'm Which is better because you get more royalties if you own it. I'm shoveling that out at some point late summer, probably August, September. What's it called? Uh, tentatively titled Lay Down and Die. That's, that's the tentative title. Blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. It's either that or things. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like an old black exploitation movie. You remember that movie? What was that? It was like, you know what they say, older than the, older, or it was a black movie. What was that? It's the older the berry, the sweeter the juice. I thought it was black with the berry sweeter juice. Yeah, she black the motherfucker too. Remember that? <laughs> that sounds like some old Rudy Ray Moore. What <laughs> <laughs> was that? Dolomite. I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. Dolomite. Hollywood Shuffle. But yeah, it's either that or things I think when I drink. I don't know. I'm still working on Two great on titles. It. I like the I things, the drink one. Things like that. But that's it. That's all I have going on, man. It's just right. the road and stand up and. Dude, it should be called, we gotta start calling gay people niggas. <laughs> I, I had a joke about it. it. It wouldn't even make sense. It wouldn't make sense now, but the punchline is we gotta. Because about how gay people get rid of every word. Yeah, any like You can't call slur. them queer or fag or gay or anything. And black people have been working on niggers since 1911 or whatever. That's the joke. Exactly. Because the only way we can get rid of it is start calling gay people niggers. <laughs> and and people so he does that punch. Yeah. Like it's a huge applause break. Oh, it's a huge applause break. I yeah, mean, gay Roy people get rid massacred. of slurs. <laughs> so start calling gay people every slur you want to get rid of. Right. You know what's funny about that bit, though? 
I say we should start calling gay people niggas to get rid of the word and it gets a laugh. The original origin of the joke, I would go, yeah, well, let's just start calling them wetbacks. Let's start calling them wetbacks, too. <laughs> Silence. Yeah. Oh. Like, that's the only slur the crowd would like, give me equity like, for. That's where we they're draw like, the line. Yeah. See, that's like, when I yeah. follow that joke, my joke is, <laughs> I'm about to start doing some really mellow white stuff because I can't do black premises. I'm like, I've been working on this joke with the punchlines. we got to start calling gay people niggers. And then I realized I'm white, man. I can't say it. Cause it and, and it always gets a laugh. It gets this kind of laugh. It gets a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> they have to laugh because it's a logic proof. Yeah. Because if they don't laugh, that's racist, and that's my whole point. So I actually kind of trick the crowd. Oh, that's Because I'm not obviously not coming from hate. I'm coming from a writer. Per- well, because he's, right, he's, right, right, right. he's admitting that he can't do it. So somewhere in there is the acknowledgement. Right. And I agree with you. I'm on your side. Yeah, on that this, I agree with the crowd. But yeah. I'm, I'm making the observation because a lot of times a crowd will only cherry pick three words out of an ironic statement and mm. assemble their own angry of statement course. and attack it. And Sarah Silverman has run into that problem. Oh. But if you read a transcript, you clearly see she's being ironic. Of course. About it. And she is the exact 180 oh, opposite of the joke. But someone will flip well, out because they didn't hear it right. It. right. They got a filter. Sure. And, like all and it the, filters all irony out. Like right. All the anti rape gibberish that's going on in the comedy community by any comic that makes any rape joke. I used to have the same problem with abortion material. I still do, and I still got to figure out ways to word it right. But then part of me is just starting to believe that, you know what, people are just up to, there's just certain words where people just go, trigger. no, it's no, he said a word. And they're button know. words that button. Yeah. You, you run the risk of it doesn't matter how finely you crafted the right. joke around the word. Cancer. They'll right. ditch those oh, words. Oh, one of my favorite jokes from 10 years ago was uh, if I owned an abortion clinic, the slogan would be, if he doesn't pull it out, we will. And the joke is about <laughs> slogans and marketing. It's not about taking a side with abortion, yeah. but no one would uh, go with that. <laughs> the, uh, because it's the but... visual. Of the... Dude, they used to kill, and then they hated me. Like, we get a giant laugh, and then I couldn't do any other premises. After that? Yeah, I, I should just give that to, like, Jezelnik or something. Like, someone who just does that the whole time. Nice to see you. And congratulations to Tell the Fellas on season two. Thank Rock you. Yeah. And rolling. Very funny show. We were, we'll, we'll recap briefly. We're, uh, I admire how much you me. go in the you. It's me, me, and, me. Right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yes. In the vein of, uh, of the, I think, the best of the shows out of the 70s that touched on social issues and really had fun with them, you mm-hmm. know? And oh, great, uh, all yeah. in the family. And some of my favorite shows, you really hearken back to that quality. Yeah, th- well, geez, that's a huge compliment. Uh, well, so no, nicely you. done. Appreciate and, it. And uh, you got a great ensemble cast, and we are also talking about how much I love that you're using so many comics. Yeah, yeah, trying to as much as possible, and every opportunity we get. Um, you know, right now I'm trying to bulldoze Sebastian Maniscalco into an episode, and trying to get Dom Herrera on uh, before we're done. But it's it's tough because you got ten episodes, and there's only so many, of course, roles and slots. But uh, trying to do as much as I can to get as many of the guys in. We're making sure Gary Cannon doesn't get in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, how much of the how much elbow room is there for a little bit of horseplay and improv on the set? Um, there, I mean, there's definitely room, but usually, you know, we do the second show. We'll do every scene two or three takes, and that's when if guys have a have a thing that they want to suggest or whatever, we'll try it out. But um, every now and then, yeah. I stay away from it. I came up with the concept that offensive linemen don't call audibles or everything falls apart. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I, I trust the producers and writers so much that I think if everyone's pitching, it would be such a clusterfuck that I just go sure, with sure. it. I'll pitch like than. I'll be like, I say than the other thing. Like, I'll pitch like little words. <laughs> you know, like, can I say hey instead of a? Like, just yeah. simple shit. But I'm not going to change any direction. They they have such a big picture and they work so hard and so well on it that I would never want to disrupt the flow. That, yeah. and and I, with a room full of that many comics, I just had to wonder, you know. Yo, yeah, that there yeah. is that natural inclination, right? No, not all the time. I mean, <laughs> half the staff has more Emmys than I've been doing right. entertainment, the writing staff. I mean, they've been a part of shows that have run for 10, 15 seasons. Well, so that makes sense. I'm gonna trust that you won't make me look like a dumbass well, with whatever's going on. But, with that much time. Like I pitched an idea once that's more, uh, for example, they wrote that Roy went to heaven and he saw his grandmother and Dr. King and it was just a slide-in thing and the audience didn't laugh as much as they should 
And I just pointed out that they're just young and dumb. So just say Michael Jackson and it got a bigger laugh. Like shit like that. Where it's just a concept thing where, hey, these guys are just young and stupid. I don't think they know who Martin Luther King Jr. is. (laughs) But that's pretty much it. I don't really suggest very much. I just try and say the words they write as well as possible. But I also corrected uh, Owen that day. I said, well, they're young, but they're not stupid. We love our audience. (laughs) No, the live audience. Yeah. No, yeah. they're not stupid. They were yeah. really intelligent. I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, no, but Michael Jackson gets more airtime than Martin yeah. Luther King. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. More relevant Can I just reference. say that if you don't know Martin Luther... Okay, no, they're smart. They're smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the leader of the civil rights movement. But yeah, the writers are very... No, we love, no they're very intelligent. I, I, we pride ourselves on our intelligence. <laughs> They're, sorry, very, they're very well, well specific. Done. Well covered. Perfect. Uh, well, well, hopefully we get uh, we get branded, right? You go Jeopardy and then <laughs> Sullivan's son. Yeah. So that's what we're hoping <laughs> we're for. We're the Game of Thrones future programs. That's it. Yeah. I just auditioned for uh, the role of a jester for Game of Thrones. Oh, that's cool. And it's, you know, I and they they don't really show you the pages till you get in there because it's really like top secret NBA yeah. kind of stuff. And so I was working on doing it all like this and being very lilty and, and light and playful and fun like that. And then you get in and he doesn't get like two words out and they, they're holding him down. Shall we fuck his wound? No, fuck his soul. Fuck his soul with flame. You know, and I, 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 I don't even get to my first prop. Yeah. You know, they hold wow. him down and just start, they kill him and yeah, it's instant. That's the mark of a great actor though. When you, when you can do a British accent to me, that's like, you That always blows my mind yeah. too. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you can talk differently. Yeah. <laughs> Not like a Southern act, but that's, I don't know. To me, that's just like, I get infuriated. I get infuriated when I find out my fate, like my favorite actors are Brit. And I have nothing against British actors, but I'm like, you fucking, so, you're so good, you tricked me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy from Homeland. Yes, I get interested. He's an American hero, and he's yeah, from the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Superman. Man of Steel? Really? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Henry, Henry, uh... Henry Cavill? Yeah. yeah. He's a Brit? Yeah. Yeah. The fuck? Another one. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that? Right? Idris Elba from The Wire? Bro, Barack Obama's British. No! Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Bro. Bro. He studied acting in London. No. Stevie Wonder is British. Morgan yeah. Freeman. Morgan's Morgan British. Freeman's Denzel British. Washington's Michael British. Jackson is Irish. Yeah. Martin Luther King was British. Yeah. But did you do Star Wars? Did you do like a voiceover thing for them or no, something? No, like no, I was in Willow. That's, that's it. Okay, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. I, I was I, in I, Willow, your but name, I was I, I just on the George blue screen. It's pretty awesome. Did, we had the record, me and Kevin Pollack had the record for the most amount of little people blue screen footage since Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Oh, I remember nice. that one. That's a trivia question that's on Jeopardy that's followed by Sullivan. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that because our crowd's smarter than me. <laughs> I feel really bad. Sorry, guys. It was just a very small uh, group of people up front in one show. Um, I let go. Yeah, because it sounds so bad to be like they're so dumb. They didn't get it. Is Owen in China yet? <laughs> so what's uh, what's the name of your special going to be? High five till it hurts. All right, and it's going to be on. Comedy Central, June 28th. Right June 28th. Right after Daniel Taj's special. So I got a pretty Ooh, good Oh, man. You got the golden spicy, spot, baby. Spicy. It's an hour. It's an hour, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Where'd you shoot it? it? My audience is uh, a lot dumber than the... Sullivan <laughs> So I, I was up at 4 a.m. today, Bernardo. <laughs> Me too. I'm the one that... You napped. I no, I didn't <laughs> you nap. I did for a few minutes. I did not <laughs> nap, Bern. We both, we both don't have landlines. In our in our home, so so uh, he had to do radio this morning at like four forty five, and I had to do it the last last week uh, two days. So I drove to my office, and you just do radio from like five till ten, and then go right to rehearsal. And I was like, well, I'll let you in. So so yeah. I got up super early today to let him in the office. I too. appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm definitely in a, a good mood, pleasant, but uh, I, I'm not having the best time with words. So when I said dumb, I meant amazing and uh, loyal. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Put the shovel down. (laughs) Where did you shoot it? Uh, Austin, Texas. What room? Uh, It was called Moody Theater. Moody Theater. Yeah, it was nice. It was was a lot of fun. What was the cap there? How many people? Uh, I think like 900. Damn. That's a big audience. No, I brought some heat. Well, you've got to pause for those laughs. Yeah, they roll. Yeah. And it's different. We shot it two times, and the audiences were both so different. The first one was a little tighter. And uh, the second one was just way better, and it just was an unbelievable shoot. Oh, that's beautiful.
beautiful. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm doing the Willow, the Willow theme in my head because I, I watch that movie over and over again. I love that movie. Val yeah, Kilmer. Yeah. Val Kilmer. Yeah. Val Kilmer was a... Joanna Wally and uh, me and Kevin Pollack. Uh... Didn't, didn't he marry her? Yeah, yeah, and I, I did KTLA this morning, the 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 Los Angeles news thing or whatever, and Val Kilmer was supposed to be before me, and I was so excited, I'm like, oh wow, this is kind of cool. I get to meet Batman, and that's uh, awesome. He was in Willow, and, and real you took genius. Your shirt off, by the way, I took my shirt that? off, but I uh, he didn't show up, and I, I remember someone goes, all right, Val Kilmer's not here, get burned. And I was like, no way. I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> I can call my parents to go, I'm in Hollywood. And they said, we can't find Val Kilmer. Get Steve Byrne. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> awesome. how do, how do you... I don't care the context. Don't put an asterisk next to it. <laughs> I know the value in that. He's the star of Real Genius. Who is? Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. Remember that movie? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. How do you think that transaction would have gone? You and Val Morrison. You and Val Kilmer in a green room at a Los Angeles TV station. Do you think he would have been personable? Yeah, by the way, he acts like Jim Morrison. Like, I waited on him. Like, he's out to lunch. I was like, dude, the movie wrapped 10 years ago, bro. You can get out of character. <laughs> like, he was like under the table, like doing weird, like trippy stuff. And I was like, do you want sushi? Was this fat like, Val Kilmer or skinny Val? He looked pretty good, man. He was, uh, he was no. rocking. He definitely seemed Bank happy. Val, no, Val I'm talking, yeah, we need he fat. I'm talking, Steve was going to meet fat Val Kilmer. But he, seemed, he always seems happy, though. But it's still I'm I'm meeting him. I don't care if he's fat or skinny or twenties or fifty. It's it's still Val Kilmer. It's kind of cool. Know, no, Roy needs him to be real sexy. No, I just I just don't speak to people anymore that I look up to or like. Why not? Like, I'm not excited. Samuel L. Jackson shitted on me. What did he so, do? What after, yeah. So after that, I'm just like you know what happened. What happened? It, we were in, we were in Memphis and we were both doing TV, much like Burn, mm-hmm. and he's right there. Like he's like ten feet away from me. And he's he's on a phone. He's hold. He's texting on one phone. He's in a Bluetooth. He's reading the script, and he's got some person with a headset talking to him. All while practicing his golf swing too. His <laughs> Probably <mentoring>. so. <laughs> and I walk up. And this is in the middle of the whole Star Wars episode one, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, my stupid ass, decides to walk up and, and like, Mr. Jackson, I just want to. And that's all I got out. And he just shakes my hand. He goes, Keep God first. Keep hustling. See you at the top. And walks off. That's awesome. How <laughs> was that bad? Keep God first. I didn't get to finish my top. sentence, bitch. He knew what you were going to say. Fuck that. You don't give me a predetermined response. Oh, he had a rubber stamp. Just went yeah, and I can't, head, right? and I can't yeah. ring him up because he didn't curse me out. He didn't ignore me. Technically, he said something he to me. Keep you. God first. But it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. So now forever, keep God first. Keep How hustling. See you? at the he's top. He's telling you to keep God first. He's <laughs> yeah, see you at the uh, top of the mountain, that's man. A, that's yeah, so, true. So, actually, he's insignificant. Yeah, he was basically first. saying, "Don't suck my dick, suck the big man's dick." So next thing you know, <laughs> well, I don't know. If you know. <laughs> Metaphorically, that's interesting. What you took away from that? Yeah, I met. Uh, I, I remember when I first came out here. I did. I was doing Star Search, of all things, and uh, I met Martin Short. I was walking with Ty Barnett. We were walking, and he was walking past us. And I go, "Oh my God, Martin Short." He goes, hello there, and I walked over. I was like, hi, I'm Steve. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a comic. We're both comics, and uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Short. He goes, whoa, call me Marty. And then he walked away. I was like, oh, hi, Marty. That's right. And I, I, I got to say that one time. Just, dude, I heard a story. I can't remember who told me this, but someone said they saw Bill Murray on a subway, and Bill Murray just comes up and goes, no one will believe you, and just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. What's your cool celebrity story? That with weird with a weird twist to it. Jeez, oh, I have so many. I, I remember going to this uh, nightclub in Hollywood called Roxbury. Do you remember that place? I remember the Roxbury. What year? Roxbury. Give, give us a year. Uh, uh, I'm gonna 80. date myself. <laughs> Coke was just invented. Coke yeah. was just invented. I was with. I was with. Uh, I used to, we, uh, Peter Billingsley and Vince Vaughn, who are our executive producers, I used to run around with them in Hollywood as kids. And we used to always use Peter Billingsley as a tool to get into nightclubs because he was in a Christmas story. Right. Ralphie. So everyone knew him from that. So Vince at the time was a struggling actor and he would call nightclubs up as Peter's agent and say, I have Peter Billingsley in town. He's with seven people. He's filming a movie with so-and-so. He's going to come in tonight. Can you get us a table? 
So we would show up, and Pete would be at the front of the thing, and all of us would be flanking him. Yeah. And it'd be like Eddie Murphy, and, and remember um, Gerardo? Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. From uh, Menudo. Rico Suave. Rico Suave. Yeah, yeah. Gerardo. Dude, Prince. Like, all these people were, like, coming into this big club, and then we'd, we'd roll up with our little misfit crew, and um, they'd always open the door and give us a table and whatever. Well, one night, um, Pete wasn't with this us. This is just post-swingers. No, no, no. This is, like, when? we were 19, 20 years old, like, before swingers. Like Pre-swingers. Yeah, yeah, Vince wasn't famous back then, but Vince had this knack of, like, calling places up and, like, like hustling our, his way into places. Mm-hmm. But he would say like we were celebrities and we weren't. So, so what happened? So this one night we walked in. I had gotten in a fight the week before. I had a black guy, and um, he, we walked up to this uh, Roxbury place. And he went to the doorman and he whispered in his ear. And the guy opened the, the velvet rope and he let us all in. And I said, "What did you say to the guy?" And he said, "I said your name was um, Julio Chavez." And you're here for the Olympics, and you're a Golden Gloves boxer. <laughs> <laughs> and we awesome. had bottle service, table, <laughs> and you just had to be a Mexican. I just acted night. like I was tough. I had a goatee and a black guy. And I was What's just that? Like, the, he's acted like a Mexican before on uh, September twelfth. <laughs> he was like, I'm Arab, I'm proud on September 12th. K. Okay. Go! <laughs> so, where's the series going to head next? What's the next big twist? You can't say, of course, but. I don't know if there's the big twists. We're, we're not lost or anything. Or, well, for all the know, fans that have read the great. books, I already know where the it's The books, going. yeah, right. <laughs> don't keep up with it. But uh, I, think, I think the shows just get Game of mugs. better and better and better and funnier Game and funnier. Of mugs. So that's we're funny. excited, yeah. It's a funny season. Yeah, it's so a damn funny season we're, with great great guest stars. and yeah, Absolutely. Couldn't be happier. I mean, to get to work with your pals and stand-up comedians and... Best friends, it's and, and everybody gets along, which is great. Yeah, too. it's amazing. Everybody gets along, truly. It's it's a lot of fun. Well, guys, I thank you so much. I know you've got a show you've got to do out there in the other room in just yeah. a minute here, but I really thank you for coming on over. Thanks for having us. some time uh, with us. And uh, uh, so, Amit, what? Give us the where you're going to be on the road. I'm just I'm with these guys for the next three months of my life. No, where, t- tell me a little bit about where it's going to go. Well. Um, we, we have a website, it's Sullivan and Sun Comedy Tour.com or TBS.com, you can find it. And uh, we're going to like 25 cities. We'll be within America. 300 miles of you unless you're in Idaho. We have Period. Four, we yeah. have literally this. Yeah. We have four yeah. more yeah. episodes. Every part of the road. country, including Hawaii. Yeah, so we're just, you know, we're, we're going to go support the show on the road and do that grassroots campaign. And, and uh, uh, if you go to the website, you'll find out where we're at. And, um, yeah, I'm, we'll hang I'm, with you. I'm locked up in this machine for. For the next, and I will months. drink with all of you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's real. <laughs> Even in Cincinnati. <laughs> From Sullivan and Son on TBS, I want to thank Steve Byrne. I want to thank Roy Wood. I want to thank Owen Benjamin. I want to thank Ahmed Ahmed for coming on Thanks, my Rick. show, Rick, guys. Nice what a pleasure yeah, to awesome. have you as guests on my show. You guys are Thanks, hilarious and fans, and I'm a fan of the show. And uh, thank you guys for listening to Overview. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening, Sullivan and Son fans. Don't forget to keep watching Sullivan and Son every Thursday night, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central, only on TBS, all summer long. And please check out the Sullivan and Son Comedy Tour coming to a town near you. Go to SullivanandSonComedy.com for information on tickets and tour dates. And also, don't forget to tweet your answer to the question of the week for a chance for two tickets to the Sullivan and Son Comedy Tour. Just tweet your answer to Caleb Eats Bacon on Twitter. That's Caleb Eats Bacon. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.